Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this day for giving us your heart to serve those that you love. Lord, we would ask that you continue to grant us opportunities and open doors and the eyes to see them that we might walk through and be a blessing to those in the world around us. Lord, we ask all these things for your sake, that you would break your word small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray. Amen. As we enter into our fourth week of the Red Letter Challenge, last week was focused on forgiveness. And inevitably, as we go through a challenge like this, a commitment, our determination to finish is tried and tested, and occasionally we drop off in the middle. And so it is appropriate that last week's focus was on forgiveness, because if you are one of those folks, and I will say that I am included in this, that may have fallen behind on the readings, there is forgiveness. And there is an opportunity to still catch up and continue on. We build from one week to the next. And as we had focused on forgiveness last week, this week our focus is on serving. We tend to serve with the best of intentions. But occasionally, once in a while, we step on our air hose as we are going about our service. As a kid, I was helping a friend of mine up. And as I went to help him up, I kind of bumped him with my elbow and he went all the way down. And then as I went to help him back up again out of the dirt, I stepped on his fingers. And by the time I had done that, he just said, I, I, I'm good, I can do this all by myself. I had not intended to step on fingers, but I had done so anyway. In our house, we like to watch the movie Up. And I won't ask for a show of hands, but this is a wonderful movie if you have not seen it yet. And in this movie, there is a young man named Russell, and he has to do his good deed. And as he goes to Mr. Fredrickson, and he asks if he can do his good deed to help the elderly and get his next badge, the door is slammed in his face. And then, if you know the story, they end up being bound together for the remainder of the journey. If you ever had the door slammed in your face, as we set out to serve,
We have the temptation to say that this is about what I can offer to someone else. This is what I bring to the table. This is what I can do for you. This is how I can lift you up out of the dust and make your life better. But if you were listening in our readings, the Apostle Paul speaks this well. First Corinthians chapter 12, as we discussed this morning, he talks about the way that we are each given gifts. Different gifts, varieties of gifts, but all gifts from the same spirit. In other words, these are not the things that you possess on your own. This was a reading that we had a few weeks ago. But everything that you have been endowed with, all of those unique abilities, those things that make you as an individual special, those things are all gifts that are uniquely endowed by God himself. Now, on the one hand, this is a great thing because now we know where they come from. But on the other hand, what say you when we misuse those gifts or not use them at all? In our epistle text for today, the author of 1 John reminds us where this comes from as well. We love because we were first loved by God. In other words, apart from the love of God, we can be kind, we can be generous, but we cannot know or demonstrate or share the depth of true love that God gives to us through his Son. So I have a neighbor, and my neighbor does amazing things. He serves any time he has the opportunity. He gives charitably in great amounts, and he loves to be a blessing for others. But he could care less about Jesus, and he does not give anything in regards to God. He just does it because it makes him feel good, and if he's a good person, then that's what it's all about. And maybe, just maybe, he says, when one day he reaches the pearly gates and he stands before God for judgment, God will say, you, sir, were a good person. You did well. You served Welcome home. Jesus speaks contrary to this. He says to those who confess him before men, he will confess them before his Father in heaven. Moreover, he uses the parable to describe those that are prepared 
those parable of the, the parable of the virgins where these virgins are waiting for the bridegroom to come and they have the lamp oil and those that prepared have enough to last until he arrives and those that do not find themselves needing in the hour that he shows up and they turn to the others and they say, well, give us some of your oil. And they say, no, we don't have enough for both us and you. So they go off to buy some on their own, and when they return, they find the door shut. And the master of the house responds by saying, I do not even know you. We serve because we were first served and loved by God himself. By no merit of our own works or our own effort can we ever earn our way into heaven. At no point are we ever good enough to stand before God on our own two feet and say, I made it here by myself. Instead, we stand upon the shoulders of Jesus who carries us as far as we cannot go ourselves. And so if it is not because it is to be a good person, why do we serve? Why do we show up to be a blessing for our neighbor, why should we seek to serve those who are the least of these? Because we have to? Because the law commands that we care for the fatherless, the widow, and the poor? Or do we serve because we want to serve like Jesus? Do we serve because we want to love the people that he loves? One of the aspects that our reading and our Bible study highlight today is Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This idea that there is a pyramid that builds upon the needs that we have as individuals, whether it be food or shelter, security, safety, or as they have added some in the years since, the self-actualization where we actually realize the fullness of our potential. We understand our purpose in the world, and we know exactly what we are supposed to do with it. There is yet one more, one that stands even above that, the transcendent That moment where you recognize that you are a part of something bigger than yourself, 
that the way that you serve is not for your own gratification, but because it is just part of who you are within this fellowship of folks that you do life together with. Our purpose will always flow forth from our identity. Jesus tells his disciples that he has not come into the world to be served, but to serve. So when we feel good about serving our neighbor and when we feel good about going and doing things for others, we feel good because we know what God has done for us. And yet maybe there is that selfish aspect where we feel as though I did it because I needed to feel good. I needed to feel that dose of humanity. But nothing fulfills more than serving others. The challenges that we face in serving others as a congregation within our COVID reality has been immense. The relationships that we have held prior to COVID have been challenged, tried, and tested. Where once we could go and we could help and serve and be present, now we would have to do so from a distance. The temptation is to throw our hands in the air and say, well, we can't do it at all. But what say that to our purpose? To how we were made to serve God and to live for something that is bigger than just ourselves. As we enter into a new season of ministry, as COVID begins to become a thing of the past, hopefully soon and very soon, things will not go back to what they were. We will not have the same normal that we did before. So how will we respond as a fellowship of believers, how will we serve in spite of its challenges? We've been made for something greater than ourselves. In Matthew 25, and we have shared this time and again, Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, and as he separates the sheep, he says, you fed me when I was hungry, you clothed me when I was naked, you visited me when I was in prison. You came to me when I was sick. And they say, Lord, when did we do these things? And the response that he gives, as we know, is, when you did these to the least of these, you did them to me also. 
It was part of who they are. It was woven deep into their identity and their God-given purpose through that identity. To those on his right, he says, come and enter into the glory. And to those on his left, the goats, he says, you did not feed me when I was hungry. You did not clothe me when I was naked. You did not visit me when I was in prison or when I was sick. And their response is, Lord, if we had known that it was you, we would have done it. In other words, we would have if we had known what we were getting out of it. The challenges that we face in ministry is to recognize that we will get burned. That serving beside Jesus also means suffering beside him as well. And suffering beside those who suffer with him. Jesus goes and visits with a Samaritan woman while his disciples go and they find food to eat. And as they come back, they say, Jesus, you should eat something. And his response to them is, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And their first thought is, well, could he have gotten something to eat while we were gone? Could somebody have brought him something? Could he have brought it with him? But instead he says, I have food that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now, that's not to say that you serve and fill your empty belly. But it certainly fills you up in other ways. It gives you hope. It gives you joy. It gives you a glimpse into the love that God has given to us. We are the people of God. For a reason. We have been set apart. We have been given a unique identity and purpose. Not so that we can stand upon our own laurels and make ourselves look good and look how much we do for the world around us, but instead so that we can be made small and stand and say that God would get the glory now and forevermore. Amen. Oh,